Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. If you'd like to contact us, contact us at info at CheyenneVineyard.com. You can also find out more information about the Cheyenne Vineyard Church at CheyenneVineyard.com. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. Have you got anything you'd like to share from earlier this week? So in California, it wasn't a conference we were at where they were giving us classes and filling our heads with knowledge. It was called Kingdom Connections, and it was connecting people. And so a lot of our time was ministering to one another, praying over one another. People had words for others, so it was very encouraging in that way. But the whole time, we're observing this church where we are, huge church. I don't know what you would compare it to. Resurrection Fellowship, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and still, Sunday morning, we're there to soak before the service, and we take part with the prayer going on in the corner before it starts. And there's the worship team. Somebody's bouncing a baby on their hip, just like our worship team. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're still, they're still parents, and they're worshipers. And um, learn, figured out that they just have one Sunday service. So all the children's workers, nursery workers, somehow they stay connected. You know, I didn't ask about that, but they miss out just like ours do. Because I've thought, when we get bigger, it'll be easier. When we get bigger, nobody will miss anything. That's not true. You know, um, big or small, we have the same struggles and issues. But being out in California, they talk about the redwoods now and then, and the pastor used this as an example to talk about connections, because the people at this little conference were from every continent in the world, except Europe. There wasn't anybody from Europe this year. Um, And these people form relationship over time and once a year meet together to encourage one another. Keep rowing. (laughs) You know, we're almost to the other side, (laughs) or whatever would be encouraging. Um, He used the example of the redwoods. The redwood tree is the biggest living thing on earth. We saw a couple. We went to a small forest. They were 300 feet tall. And, you know, we didn't even see huge ones. We just saw some that were as big around as the car was. But um, all that height and the wind and weather that comes off the ocean, those things don't have blowdowns like forests here in Wyoming. Have you ever driven through a blowdown? where all the trees are dead and they're all (laughs) facing on the ground in one direction because the wind was so strong it blew the whole forest down. And that's kind of a spooky thing to drive through because it's nothing alive right then. And it's that way for years. The one we drove through was decades old. Anyway, the redwoods do not fall down like that. And it's not because they have great big long roots. Their roots only go three feet deep. But their roots reach out and find another tree, and they wrap around and entangle themselves. So the trees are in covenant. They're in community, and they form this web of root all over this forest where they are. And that struck me so much. You know, they used it a few times, and I thought, you know, that's why we meet together. We, we could pop in a CD and have some great worship at home. We could hear a nice teaching on the internet, but we don't get community, and we don't we don't get covenant 
unless we meet together. And there's just a lot of strength in that. And a lot, there's a lot more in community than I'm able to say, and I think we're just starting to experience it. So this is getting exciting. I, I still have so much rattling around in, in my brain. Uh, this could go a lot of different ways, and I'm not sure which way it's supposed to go yet. So, uh, Lord, I just want what you want. And I, I pray that you'd bless your people. In Jesus' name. Hmm. So if, if we are established in the goodness of the Lord, then we will be established. That's, that's a good word for tonight. Um, when, when we got to Vacaville and, and we went to the mission last Sunday, uh, almost as soon as we walked into the auditorium, uh, a guy from uh, somewhere in northern Europe uh, grabbed us and uh, just started praying over us, and uh, it, it went on from there. Uh, it was everything we'd hoped for, which, which was great. But I want to share one thing that happened because I've, I've really only experienced a message in tongues and an interpretation a few times in, in my life. And, and they've usually been at, at gatherings of a lot of people. And a few times when, when it's happened, it, it has taken the whole meeting to a different level. And, and that happened the first morning uh, when we started the Kingdom Connections on Monday. And it was a guy from China who had worked with the underground church in China and had worked in some other uh, very restricted access countries. And we were in a time of worship, and he, he just started uh, speaking in tongues pretty loudly, and uh, just as soon as he was done, uh, he gave the interpretation. And I, I share this because uh, it's, it's vision for where, where God is about to take the church. And this is the best I can remember of, of what the message was, that a, a tsunami of the Holy Spirit is about to hit the church. And a lot of things are going to change. And the glory of the Lord is going to be established in the church. And that is what's going to bring people in to the church is is the glory of God. It's it's a sovereign thing and and I've 
I've heard this, I don't know how many times, but many times, just in the last couple of years, that, that this is coming. And uh, it was a very encouraging word for all of us who, who were there. And, and I, I really have this sense that when the tsunami hits many churches, uh, that there's going to be a civil war. Uh, because some are, are going to embrace it and, and love it and receive it, and, and some are just not. They're, they're going to stand against it. They're going to be opposed to it. And that is, is going to be painful when that happens. And so when, when I considered that and, and I have seen what the Lord has done in the last year, I'm, I'm thankful because what I think is is going to happen here is is that we're all just going to embrace it and receive it and just go with it. And I don't see any opposition. And that's really encouraging to me. Uh, because if, if we will receive a move of the Lord in, in that manner, in, in unity, and receive, and, and just say what you want, God. It's, it's going to be powerful. And uh, while we were there, I, I, I've heard a few stories of what happened when different leaders would, would go to Toronto and, and the move of God that happened there, and then they would come back home and, and be a different person because of what the Holy Spirit did while they were there. And many times there, there, there was uh, a division. Uh, and, you know, some loved it and embraced it and, and some opposed it and said, this, this isn't God, this, we, we can't have this. And, uh, you know, we, we have to take the posture of being a people who don't know everything. We, we got to take the posture and... Me, as, as a leader, I have to have that posture that I, I don't know how this is supposed to look. Uh, and if, if we're going to make any progress in, in becoming a prototype church, we, we have to all be teachable and allow the Holy Spirit to lead us quite possibly into things and ways that, that we haven't known before. Uh, and and what what's what's required is is a humility, uh, because one one aspect of humility is is being teachable. And and so 
we, we have to strive to be a teachable people who come to the Lord and say, Lord, we, we don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. And, and I'm okay with that now. Uh, <laughs> there, there was a time when I didn't know and it really bothered me. And uh, it doesn't bother me anymore to, to not know a lot of things. Uh, because I know the one who does know. <laughs> and he is for us. And, and he's not against us. And he, he is going to take us to where he wants us to be if we will continue to say yes and, and continue to receive and seek. And I'm committed to that to continuing to seek and, and continue to be humble and continue to be teachable. And if, if we are that kind of people, God will do something with us. So let's, let's do that. Uh, I, I, think, I think what I'm supposed to do tonight is teach a little bit like Bill Johnson. Uh, and that means I'm, I'm going to go in about 50 different directions, <laughs> uh, hopefully only one at a time. Uh, but I, I want to share some things from, from my heart tonight that uh, I'm, I'm changing my uh, posture uh, that I'm, I'm laying down trying to build anything. I'm, I'm laying down, and, and I probably did this some time ago, but I, I want to communicate it because I, I want you to hear this because maybe you've observed it and now it will have um, some understanding, some, some language. Uh, I, I, I don't want to build a church. Uh, I, I want to lead a community of people who love each other and who love God into more of God. That's... That's how I want to do this the rest of my days. And I, I hope that will be refreshing to, to some of you. Um, the church is, is to be an organism which is a collection of, of living parts rather than an organization. And I, I, I think Erwin uh, McManus, the guy who spoke at, at the men's retreat recently, I, I heard him speak back about eight or nine years ago before we launched, and, and I think he's the one who said this, and 
uh, it it probably changed the way I approached planting the church when when we did. But he he was talking to someone who was was not a Christian, uh, but was a seeker and. This person was was telling Erwin, the, the pastor, you, you know, when when I meet a Buddhist monk, I I meet a spiritual person. But when I meet a Christian pastor, I meet an administrator. And when I heard that, I just said, oh, Lord, don't, don't let that be me. <laughs> I, I, I don't want to be, I want to be the spiritual man. I, I don't want to be Buddhist, but I, I want to be a spiritual man who is connected to you and knows you and follows you. Now, not one, so that probably started me on uh, planning the church a little different way. Um, but I, I want us to figure out together what it looks like to be an organism. And and I, I have to say that that I saw some of that in California in in a way that I don't really think I'd ever seen before. Because I, I saw a leadership team in, in this church that, that really practiced mutual submission. And, and they, it was not apparent who the senior leader was. And the couple who are the senior leaders now have not always been the senior leaders. Uh, they, they had a daughter who was in her 30s pass away just a couple of years ago, and they, they ended up just taking about six months off to, to just heal and, and, and get uh, stay on track. I, I shouldn't say get on track, but just stay on track with with the Lord, because that's one of the most painful things that a parent can go through. Uh, and and so the the lead pastor, who's not the senior leader, became the senior leader, and so they've you know they've transitioned like that. And when uh, when they have meetings, when they have conferences, when when they're doing teaching, they together they they ask the question, who who is God on with with this right now? Because that's who we should have do the teaching, rather than just the senior leader doing all the teaching. Uh, so it it's uh, it's a different model. And, and one that I, I think is, is very valuable and, and one that's challenging me to, to, to look at things differently.
which, which is good. Um, I, I forget who I was speaking to last week or, you know, in, in the last few days about sort of the last year. And I, I shared, uh, this, this was in California, uh, probably the, the hardest thing for me in, in the last year as, as we've walked through this, this journey has, has been to keep my heart right before the Lord. Uh, and, you know, I, I want us to be able to be honest with each other about what's going on in our hearts, what's, what's going on in, in our lives. The, the Lord, in, in His mercy, for, for people who want to know, is, is always in the process of revealing our heart to us. If, if we want to know. Uh, we don't always want to know. And, and not everybody wants to know. But that's one of the things that the Lord does when he takes us through uh, a process. Is, is he's, he's showing us our heart in the beginning. And then as we go through the process... He, he shows us more where, where we're at. And his desire is, is that when we come out of the process, that our heart is at a better place than it was when we went in to the process. Because just, just like the, the story of Peter, that's, that's what he's doing in, in those processes that, that he takes us through. And as, as I said a few weeks ago, they're never designed to disqualify us. They're always designed to prepare us for the next place that the Lord wants to take us. So, seek from the Lord revelation of where your heart is and allow him to do that work in your heart to get to that new place. And there's a couple scriptures re related to this. Um, Jeremiah 17:7. 7, starting in verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. 
Isn't that great? But then the next verse, but the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. And that's, that's all uh, one thought. It's not even two separate paragraphs. Uh, so if, if we want to know what's in our heart, we've we got to ask the Lord. Just, just like David did in, in Psalm 139. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So, there's a passage in 1 Corinthians 14 that I've always looked at as one of only a couple passages in the whole New Testament that kind of show us how we're supposed to do church. But I think I've been misinterpreting it. <laughs> so I, I want to share it with you and uh, give you what I, I think it really means. Uh, so 1 Corinthians 14, st starting in verse 26. And this is Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, so it's 1 Corinthians. What then shall we say, brothers, when you come together... Everyone has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. All of these must be done for the strengthening of the church. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at the most three should speak, one at a time, and someone must interpret. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. Two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets for God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the saints. And I, I used to think that this was instructive, that when we come together, uh, that, that we, everyone, should have something to bring, to, to make the whole. Uh, but I don't really think that's what Paul was saying. Uh, he's, he's writing this to the Corinthians who were, were a little bit hyperactive in 
the operation of spiritual gifts. So, what I think the Lord showed me about this passage is that this is a, a mild word of correction from Paul for the church in Corinth that, that was very busy in, in their gatherings because everyone thought like they, they had to bring something and, and share something uh, all the time, it seems. So he's, he's saying, okay, you, you probably shouldn't have everyone prophesy at, at your meetings. How about if you just have two or three and, and then everybody gets to test what, what is shared. And so, uh, I, I used to think that this, this meant that, that we, should, we should all have something when, when we come together. And I, I think probably the, the way it should work is is that every one of our meetings should should be unique and and there there may be times when actually everybody has something of significance to share and and that would be cool uh, but i I think probably. What's, what's more likely with, with this new understanding of, of this passage is, you know, there, there are going to be some people every time we gather, and, and often different people, who, who will come with something that was from the Lord for, for that day, just kind of like we had tonight. Uh, Phyllis and, and Barbara shared their stuff with me earlier in the week. And Jerry shared with me uh, what he shared as, as soon as I, I got here tonight. And, and Lynn uh, had a spontaneous word from the Lord, and, and it all fit, and, and it all flowed. And uh, I, I think we were encouraged by, by all those things. And, and so I, I think that was great. And, and I, I hope to see more of, of that sort of thing uh, and, and hope that uh, nearly all of us will be able to share something at, at some time that, that the Lord's really given us for the body because the one thing that Paul does clearly say is everything that's shared should be for the building up of the body. And, and that... That is the way it's supposed to be. So, um, the other passage that is instructive about how it should be when, when we gather is Ephesians 5. And it's, it's much less detailed. Uh, and I, I think I taught out of the first part of this not that long ago. Uh, starting in verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And then this is really the, the key verse, verse 19. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, we speak to one another, we sing songs together to minister to the Lord, and, and we, we give thanks. And, and we learn to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So, The bottom line is the New Testament has very little to say about what our meetings should look like. And I think there's a reason for that. Because if, if the New Testament gave us more detail about what our meetings should look like, every meeting everywhere would look like whatever it said. And going back to the idea that the body of Christ is an organism rather than an organization, I, I think there is to be some spontaneity, <laughs> some uniqueness to, to every gathering. And uh, at, at one worship conference that I, I went to, uh, a number of years ago, I remember hearing this, and and I think this is an important perspective to have whenever we go into a gathering, and it it is when when you lead worship also that this, like tonight when when Marty and Tim and Kim led worship, uh, this is the only time. That, that we, this group of people, will, will be together and, and have the opportunities before God that we have tonight. Because even if by chance we got all of the same people in the room and no other people in the room, which would be very difficult, it, it would take serious planning <laughs> to, to make that happen. Uh, what would be available to us from the Lord is, is not going to be the same on that other night. So we, we need to consider that, not just as, as a worship team, but also as part of, of the body, that we, we have unique opportunities tonight that we will never have again. And, and so what, what does the Lord want to do among us tonight? That's a, a really good question to ask every time that we gather. 
Um, then, then moving, moving into some some other needs that that we have, as as being part of a body, um, we we need relationships, and and we need community. And the model in Acts chapter two of how the early church started to make that happen is that they would they would meet together in the temple courts and and there would be large teaching for a large number of people but then they would also meet from house to house and they would share a meal together and that's where relationships would would be built so I really want to encourage all of us to become part of a life group. Uh, it's, it's just really important for us as, as we try to become a body, an organism that's, that's living, that, that we have relationships with with some of the body that are deeper than with others uh, and be, because that I mean Jesus modeled that with his disciples he he had the 12 but he also had the three and then he had the 120 also so he had people with different level of relationship with himself and, and for us, for the whole body, uh, there, there just isn't much that we can do relationally in this kind of a setting when most of you are looking at the back of other people's heads. <laughs> and I'm the only one who really gets to see everyone's face and reactions and, and what, what's happening. But if we meet in a life group in someone's home and we sit in a circle uh, now the dynamic is completely different and that's where we we can really share our our challenges our our prayer requests uh, it's in those kinds of meetings where everyone should come with something <laughs> Uh, sometimes, and, and, and this, this is a, another thing that, that we all need to uh, take part in, there, there are times that I need to be prayed for, and there are times for me to pray for people. And, and every one of us should be on both sides of, of that ministry equation sometimes. Uh, if if somebody never needs prayer and always a hundred percent of the time wants to be the one praying for others, Houston, we have a problem <laughs> because nobody has no needs, which means everybody has needs sometimes. And, and so 
it's in a small group where sometimes you'll come and you'll have something to share. Sometimes you'll come and you'll just need prayer. Because uh, we all have weeks when we're just making it. <laughs> and it, it would be a lot easier to make it if we had prayer from some of our brothers and sisters. So, Arnie, would you stand up? Uh, Arnie and Bev have a life group at, at their house that meets on Fridays, right? Yeah. And uh, Melanie, would you stand up? <laughs> John's not here, but John and Melanie have a group that normally meets on Tuesday nights, right? And we have a group, Joy and I, that meets on Friday nights. And we probably will see uh, another group or two uh, get started within the next few months. So you have some options. And then we also have prayer here on Wednesday nights that, that really kind of functions like another small group. So that's, that's probably the easiest one to, to jump into. But we, we all need relationships. We're, we're living in probably the most disconnected culture that's ever existed. Uh, there's, we're around lots and lots of people uh, all the time. But generally, even with people that we know, neighbors, people that we work with, our relationships are about that deep. And so, you know, in, in the body of Christ, this, this is the safe place. This, this, this is where we, we can let our hair down and be real with a group of people who we know is, is going to love us no matter what comes out of our mouth. Because that's just the way the church has to be. <laughs> and, and so we, we have to purposefully pursue this. Uh, and I, I don't want to give anybody a guilt trip tonight, but I, I just, I really want to encourage this, that, that we, we need this. And, and that reminds me of probably the next thing, <laughs> there, this phrase, uh, I don't know how many times I heard it uh, the few days that we were in California, but it, it impacted me in, in a good way. Uh, and and th this is the phrase, what, what you pursue to possess will determine your destiny. You, you want to write that down. Uh, what you pursue to possess will determine your destiny. And, you know, as, as I chewed on that and meditated on it, uh, it's what occupies our, our thoughts, what occupies our time, what what occupies 
desires of, of our hearts. Uh, those, those are the things that we're pursuing to possess. And, and if those are the things of God, we're, we're going to have an amazing destiny. Because we have some promises from the Lord that ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. If, if we are pursuing to possess the things of God's kingdom, we will possess them. If, 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 if we really are going after them, and we could be pursuing to possess other things. And, and to me, um, it, that statement is, is kind of like a paraphrase of Galatians 6, 8, I think it is. Um, that if you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption. But if you sow to the Spirit, you, you will reap life. And, and so, you know, I, I had to um, consider, okay, what, what is it that I'm really pursuing to possess? What, what's occupying my thoughts, my time, my passion? Um, are those the right things? that are going to take me to possessing more of the kingdom. And, and it also kind of reminded me of Jesus' two parables about the kingdom, the pearl of great price and, and the treasure in the field. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a life that God has called us to and it is not our own life with a little bit of church added and a little bit of Bible added. It, it is the life that we're called to is, is the life of Jesus. He, he is to be our life. And, and so... The, the life that we've been called out of is a life of self-focus, self-centeredness, uh, satisfying the desires of our human nature. That, that's the life that we've been called out of. And, and so the life that we've been called into being the life of Christ is a very different life. Because how would we characterize Jesus' life? It was, it was a life laid down for his friends, for, for us. It's, it's a life of, of sacrifice. Uh, it's, it's a life that is others-focused. And 
You know, the, these are not popular words <laughs> in in church in America. But 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 this is what our our life is supposed to look like. This is the life of Jesus. And and so <clears throat> In Jesus' two parables, the, the pearl of great price and the treasure in the field, uh, it was costly to get the pearl. It, it was costly to get the treasure in, in the field. Uh, the, the pearl merchant... He, he had to sell everything else that he had to get that one pearl because it was the most magnificent pearl that anyone had ever seen. And the same thing with the treasure in the field. You know, the man stumbles upon this treasure in the field and figures out, man, if I buy this field, this this is mine. <laughs> I will go and I will sell everything to get this treasure. And and the reality is that is exactly what Jesus did for you and, and for me. You were the pearl of great price. You were the treasure in the field. And Jesus laid down everything that he had in heaven to purchase you and me. And so likewise, since we are called to live the life of Christ, he is to become our, our life, uh, we would sell everything for that treasure to have his life in us. And man, that's, that's what He's calling us to. And, and what, what an amazing time that we live in where, where there is a literal tsunami of the Holy Spirit of God bearing down on the church, <laughs> approaching... We, we don't know exactly when it's going to hit, but we know it's going to hit. And I don't think it's going to be that long. It's, we, we're the generation. The, the latter rain is, is going to far exceed the early rain. And, and that early rain from Acts chapter 2, that's, that's some pretty astounding rain that's that's going to be overshadowed. So the the things that 
that we have the potential opportunity to see in our lifetime in, in the kingdom of God are, are what all previous generations of followers of Jesus have, have longed to see. And, and they have been praying into this for us. And, and so, what will we pursue to possess that will get us that destiny? That's, that, that is the overriding question in, in my life right now. Uh, God, what, and, and that really, uh, Jerry, it, it fits exactly the word that you had for us tonight. Uh, God, give us a vision of the next place you want to take me to on this journey. And, and show me the, the concrete, tangible stuff that I need to pursue to get there. And, and Lord, show, show us as individuals, as a fellowship, what to pursue, to possess, that, that we might have that inheritance. Uh, that, that, is, that is my prayer. I think I, I probably better quit there. <laughs> but I, I hope some of this has been helpful. Uh, David Crone had an amazing message last Sunday about declarations and possessing land. And I, I think I'm going to be chewing on that for the next week because uh, I know there's something there for us. And then there's, there was another <clears throat> conversation that I had about um, being children versus being sons in, in the kingdom. And, and I know there's something in that for us coming up here pretty soon, too. Uh, <clears throat> so I, I, I won't get into those thoughts. But Father, uh, we, we live in such an amazing time. Uh, your spirit is about to be poured out on the church in a way that uh, has, has never been. And, and Lord, it's, it's our desire. We, we were created for such a time as this. We were created for this time, and, and we're here.
and, and we are your people. So I, I pray, Father, that you would give us hearts to pursue, to possess you. That we would know you. And that we would possess, that we would receive your kingdom. So that we can give it away. Because <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what it's all about. Uh, so, Father, give us hunger and thirst. Uh, that that we would not be satisfied with with where we are individually or corporately that we would hunger for more and we would pursue to possess more lord i i thank you for this community of people that that you're building, you're you're forming us, and, and so continue your work. For the glory of your Son. Amen.